What's going on, all you groovy cats out there? So we are sitting on Tuesday, the 2nd of November, and it is All Souls Day today, the commemoration of all the faithfully departed, those that have gone before us. I'm talking about your aunties, your uncles, your mom and dad, maybe. Whatever it may be, today is their day. I'm talking to every single person of any generation, our ancestors that have come before us. Today, we are getting down and we are just praying for them. We are just bringing them into our thoughts and our minds and our hearts. And we're making sure that that memory lives on. And even those ancestors that we don't even know their names because it was so long ago, we're still honoring them anyway because without them... Hey, guess what? I don't know how y'all think, but I wouldn't be here without them. They kind of they kind of made all the operations work. All right. So kudos to you guys out there. Real quick, something personal from me on this All Souls Day. My own mother, God rest her soul, up there in heaven. I know she watches down on me all the time. Okay, I got an angel on my back. All right, you got my Uncle Jim, I got my grandma and grandpa, okay, and the list goes on and on and on and on from there. But, let's go ahead and dive into our daily reflections. So, as always, I will read you the mass parts first. So, the first reading. The souls of the just are in the hand of God. And no torment shall touch them. They seemed, in the view of the foolish, to be dead. And their passing away was thought an affliction. And their going forth from us utter destruction. But they are in peace. For if before men indeed they be punished, yet it is their hope full of immorality chastised a little they shall be greatly blessed because God tried them and found them worthy of himself as gold in the furnace they proved them he proved them and as sacrificial offerings he took them to himself in the time of their vision they saw, they shall shine, and shall dart about as sparks through stubble. They shall judge nations and rule over people, and the Lord shall be their king forever. Those who trust in him shall understand truth, and the faithful shall abide with him in love, because grace and mercy are with his holy ones. And his care is with his elect. The response oral psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. Actually, there is an or here. The other one is, Though I walk in the valley of darkness, I fear no evil, for you are with me. And I think I'm going to go with the lather of the two, ladies and gentlemen. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
In verdant pastures he gives me repose. Beside restful waters he leads me. He refreshes my soul. Though I walk in the valley of darkness, I fear no evil, for you are with me. He guides me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my side, with your rod and your staff that give me courage. Though I walk in the valley of darkness, I fear no evil, for you are with me. You spread the table before me, and the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Though I walk in the valley of darkness, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. Though I walk in the valley of darkness, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Our second reading is taken from Romans. Brothers and sisters, are you unaware that we who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were indeed buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might live in newness of life. For if we have grown into union with him through a death like this, we shall also be united with him in the resurrection. We know that our old self was crucified with him, so that our sinful body might be done away with, that we might no longer be in slavery to sin. For a dead person has been absolved from sin. If then we have died with Christ... We believe that we shall also live with him. We know that Christ, raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has power over him. Alleluia, alleluia. Come you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Alleluia, alleluia. Finally, a reading according to the Gospel of John. Jesus said to the crowds, Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and I will not reject anyone who comes to me, because I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. And this is the will of the one who sent me, that I should not lose anything of what he gave me, but that I should raise it on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I shall raise him on the last day. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So that is definitely some awesomeness right there for all Souls Day. Don't you think? 
Just that just that last little bit here. Just this last little bit from John 640. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I shall raise him on the last day. Just just that little bit right there. Just that little bit. That, that it blows my mind. Blows my mind. Who sees the sun and believes in him have eternal life. So I don't know about y'all, but if you think about that in a realistic standpoint, that means that your body's going to keep going on and on and on and on and on and on forever. You're going to live forever. Eternally. Eternal. Outside of time. That to me is pretty cool. That to me is at least worth thinking that, hey, this guy might be onto something. Eternal life. No, no, people die all the time. What is this eternal life that this man speaks of? And then I shall raise him on the last day. So not only am I going to live forever, but on the very last day, Whenever that is, eternally, right, follow me here, going to raise him up. Well, how can I, how can I die but not die but be raised up to live? I don't know how you put your mind around that. I'm going to start reading this, though, before I get off on some crazy wild tangent. So, this is, this is what our little, our little... Daily, daily, uh, daily Catholic app has on it. Yesterday's solemnity of all saints gave us an opportunity to celebrate and rejoice in the fact that there are countless people who have gone before us who now enjoy the glories of heaven. These faithful souls lived lives that were grounded in God's grace and have been fully purified of all sin. They now gaze at our good God face to face. Today we commemorate the fact that many who died in a state of grace are not immediately ready to stand before the glories of the throne of God and see Him face to face. The only way this is possible is if every sin and every attachment to sin is purged from our souls. We must have nothing but pure charity alive within us if we are to enter the eternal glories of heaven. But how many people die in such a state? That is a great question. The church in her wisdom and holiness has taught clarity through the ceremonies that when a person passes from this world to the next, while still attached to a less serious sin, they need to be fully purified in order to enter heaven. This is purgatory. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, the CCC, states, All who die in God's grace and friendship but still have but still imperfectly 
purified, are indeed assured of their eternal salvation, but after death they undergo purification, so as to achieve the holiness necessary to enter the joy of heaven. The church gives the name purgatory to this final purification of the elect, which is entirely different from the punishment of the damned. Some purgatory can be a frightening and even confusing thought. Why does God, in His infinite mercy, simply take all our loved ones who follow Him straight to heaven? The answer is simple. He does. The path for them to heaven is incredible mercy of their final purification. Let me time out, though, because I've talked about this before, and I will hit it on again here. Is that it's not just simply saying that you follow Christ, because you can say whatever you want to. It is the act of doing, the sincere feltness of following Christ. That is what gets you into heaven. Not just saying, oh, I'm, I'm Christian, I'm Catholic, I do this, we do that. No. But I'm saying the actual fact of living this life without sin. There are many examples I'm sure just came to your mind, because I know they did mine. That how could I ever even be worthy of heaven? This is the answer here. Purification of all attachment to sin within our soul is a mercy beyond what we can imagine. Through this final purification, God prepares the holy souls who have died for an eternity of joy. But this purification is necessary because God in His love, does not want any soul to live eternally with even a minor attachment to sin. God wants us all free. The truth is that every sin on our soul, even the smallest one, is reason enough for us to be excluded from heaven. So purgatory must be seen as a final mercy from God, by which He lifts every last burden that keeps us from perfect love, so that our eternity will be one of the utmost freedom and ecstasy. God wants us to be filled with only the purity of love forever. Thus, upon our death, we are graced to enter into a final and intense purification of every minor sin so that when we see God in all His glory we will see Him with the perfection to which we are called. Purgatory is a gift, a grace, a mercy. It will be painful to go in the same way that overcoming any sin is painful, but the good fruit of freedom from sin 
makes every final purification. We must endure worth at a hundredfold and more. Reflect today upon the spiritual truth that God wants you to be a saint. That's right. That's right, you people out there listening. God wants you to be a saint. If you are among those few who die in a state which you are purified from every sin, then be assured that you have already completed your purgatory on earth. But if you or your loved ones are among the many who still hold some minor attachment to sin at the time of death, then rejoice that God is not done with you yet. Anticipate with much gratitude the final purification that awaits and look forward to the freedom that ultimately comes from that purification. I am so, so glad that we're going to listen to this one more time. Anyway, let us pray. My merciful Lord, you desire that my soul and the souls of all your faithful be purified of every sin, even the smallest imperfection. Thank you for the mercy of purgatory and pray that I will continually work towards that purification here and now. I pray also for those who have gone before me and are still in need of these purifying fires. Pour forth your mercy upon them so that they may be counted among the saints in heaven. Jesus, I trust in you. That is definitely some powerful stuff. Like holy snot. Oh, my Lord, quite literally. Oh, my Lord. So let's take one more look at this. What do you guys say? And, uh, and then maybe I'll be struck with something brilliant and profound once again. We'll see. Daily Reflections for the Commemoration of All the Faithful Departed, All Souls Day. Today's reflection is entitled, Commemorating All Souls. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him may have eternal life, and I shall raise Him on the last day. Yesterday's Solemnity of All Saints gave us an opportunity to celebrate and rejoice in the fact that there are countless people who have gone before us who are now enjoying the glories of heaven. These faithful souls lived lives that were grounded in God's grace and have been fully purified of all sin. They now gaze at our good God face to face. Today we commemorate the fact that many who die in a state of grace are not immediately ready to stand before the glorious throne of God and see Him face to face. The only way this is possible is 
If every sin and every attachment to sin is purged from our souls, we must have nothing but pure charity alive within us if we are to enter the eternal glories of heaven. But how many people die in such a state? The church in her wisdom and holiness has taught clearly through the centuries that when a person passes from this world to the next while still attached to less serious sin, they need to be fully purified in order to enter heaven. This is purgatory. The Catechism of the Catholic Church states... All who die in God's grace and friendship, but still imperfectly purified, are indeed assured of their eternal salvation. But after death, they undergo purification, so as to achieve the holiness necessary to enter the joy of heaven. The Church gives the name purgatory to this final purification of the elect, which is entirely different from the punishment of the damned. For some, purgatory can be a frightening and even confusing thought. Why doesn't God, in his infinite mercy, simply take all our loved ones who followed him straight to heaven? The answer is simple. He does. And the path for them to heaven is this incredible mercy of their final purification. Purification of all attachment to sin within our soul is a mercy beyond what we can imagine. Through this final purification, God prepares the holy souls who have died for an eternity of joy. But this purification is necessary because God, in his love, does not want any soul to live eternally with even a minor attachment to sin. God wants us all free. The truth is that every sin on our soul, even the smallest one, is reason enough for us to be excluded from heaven. So purgatory must be seen as a final mercy from God by which he lifts every last burden that keeps us from perfect love so that our eternity will be one of utmost freedom and ecstasy. God wants us to be filled only with the purity of love forever. Thus, upon our death, we are graced to enter into a final and intense purification of every minor sin, so that when we see God in all his glory, we will see him with the perfection to which we are called. Purgatory is a gift, a grace, a mercy. It will be painful to go through in the sense that overcoming any sin is painful. But the good fruit of freedom from sin makes every purification we must endure worth it a hundredfold and more. Reflect today upon the spiritual truth that God wants you to be a saint. If you are among those few who die in a state in which you are purified from every sin, then be assured that you have already completed your purgatory on earth. But if you or your loved ones are among the many who still hold some minor attachment to sin at the time of death, 
then rejoice that God is not done with you yet. Anticipate with much gratitude the final purification that awaits and look forward to the freedom that ultimately comes from that purification. Let us pray. My merciful Lord, you desire that my soul and the souls of all your faithful be purified of every sin, even the smallest imperfection. I thank you for the mercy of purgatory and pray that I will continually work toward that purification here and now. I pray also for all those who have gone before me and are still in need of these purifying fires. Pour forth your mercy upon them so that they may be counted among the saints in heaven. Jesus, I trust in you. As always, I I play this this twice. I read once and then I play this in hopes because I know for me I get two different meanings out of it. The first one being that there is hope. And that's that's what I'm getting now is that there is hope. This isn't to necessarily tell you that, oh, hey, you're going straight to purgatory or, oh, hey, no, you're going to go straight to heaven. This is, this is to tell you that we don't know. Hey, guess what? Knock, knock. Hello. Wake up call. Nobody knows. Okay. Nobody knows. Oh, I wasn't. Good enough. I shouldn't have gave in to that that one sin that one time. Darn it. Or maybe just thinking about how sorry you were for that. Brings you some type of purgatory on earth? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, oh, I don't regret that sin at all, but I'm going to go to confession for it. Is that going to truly alleviate your soul? Especially if you go back and do that exact same sin again after not being sorry for it. If you're not sorry for it and you're going to do it again, there's no point in going to confession for it. Zero. If there's a sin and you tell God that you're sorry for it and you're heartfeltfully about it and let's say you do slip back in the sin, do you do you not reach up and ask him for his help? Say, I need strength here. I am weak. I want to be able to stand with you on my last day. Do you consciously, and see, this is what I'm saying. This is action. This is not words. Words are, means zip. 
zippity doo dah. This is action, ladies and gentlemen. Action is what pushes us forward. Action is what keeps you out of purgatory and gets you into heaven. Action. If you're going to live it, live it. Yes, we all going to fail. I'll tell you that much right now. I do it daily. Daily I fail. Daily. Okay? But I am weak. My flesh is weak. Do you think that I've not already woken up? That Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be paying for this junk. Because I keep doing it over and 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 over again. Some minor, some greater. But at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, you can't compare two different sins. Sin is sin. Action. Move forward. Action. Live the life of faith that in your head you live. Now, is that possible necessarily all the time in every single setting? Guess what? There's a man on a cross who says, yeah, yeah, it is, actually. What's wrong with you? You can't do this? He came down in human form. A human a human did that. You don't think that I'm going to keep trudging on every single minute of every single day? I get knocked down. I get back up. I don't get knocked down and stay down. Who gets knocked down and stays down? Unless you are down for the count. And you are physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually enabled to continue. You just going to get knocked down? No. No. Think about every single human person that has existed and walked on the face of this earth since the dawn of time. Do you not think any sin that you have ever committed has not already been committed by somebody else? You think you're the first one to commit that sin ever? No. And these people who refuse to give up and refuse to give in and keep getting up every single time they are knocked down, these people we we notify, we call saints. These people that we celebrate today may not be written in any book called a saint, but maybe they did get to heaven in, in, in a sinlessness and they were able to go straight up to God. Isn't, isn't, isn't that what, what we're hoping for at the end of the day anyway? Forgive me if I'm wrong. No one sets out with a goal to be in purgatory. And many who would call themselves Christians and would call themselves Catholics do not set out with the goal to be damned. But if you do not live lives of action in your faith, modeled by a specific man, 
then 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 what are you doing? Why why are you here? Why why do you call yourself these things if this is not what you believe? Catechism of the Catholic Church, for example. The doctrine by which the faith is built on. If you cannot align yourself up with that in some way, shape, or form. To the T. And the I's all dotted. Then how can you call yourself a Catholic? Christianity, if you can't do all the things Jesus did. And live your life in the manner that he told you to live it in. Primarily. How can you call yourself a Christian? Rise up when you are knocked down. Action that moves you forward. Never give up and never give in. Because I will tell you this much right now. Spiritual warfare is a very real thing. And by God, we are at war every minute, every second of every day. Pick which side of the battlefield you fight on and stay there. I've chosen mine. As always... My brothers and my sisters who take a listen to this little podcast right here, keep laughing, keep living, and by God, keep loving. Godspeed, and God bless.